When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever taken a road trip and listened to the same radio station for so long that they start to repeat their playlist? You reach a point where you simply can't listen to that same song again. Now imagine that you actually wrote that song. You make a living on that song. Every time you perform live, fans expect you to play that song. Would you become jaded and begin to dread the experience? This next guest has performed the same songs at Coachella, Saturday Night Live, Madison Square Garden, the Hollywood Bowl, and countless other venues over the past two decades. But rather than becoming bored or bitter with the tedium and routine that being in a successful band requires, he's found a way to appreciate the beauty in the repetition. Having tens of thousands of people sing along to a song that you and your friends wrote is something that very few people get to experience. It can be transcendent. After many years, he's learned to savor these moments and find meaning and inspiration in the redundancy of it all. But it wasn't easy. He recently discovered a passion for surfing, and he's found perspective and tranquility in the elegant chaos and unpredictable will of the ocean. After weathering six records, four solo albums, bouts of rock and roll excess, and countless tours, how does he maintain his enthusiasm for making music and avoid becoming jaded? We'll find out as we sit down for a candid conversation about his career. Today, songwriter, producer, surfer, and the flawless rhythm guitarist for one of my favorite bands of all time, Mr. Albert Hammond Jr. Albert Hammond Jr., good to see you, man. Hello, man, I know. I like this uh, background situation we have going here. Thanks. So I feel taken care of yeah. at all times. Um, so I think uh, I think the last time we, we got to hang out, we were on, on tour in Philly eating cheesesteaks, if I remember correctly. And I won't say whether it was Pat's or Gino's, because I know that's a big controversy up there. But uh, yeah, you did like a, Is a small... Is it though? Isn't it just Pat's and the other one's not good? <laughs> I won't say. Is that where we went? If you want to, if you want to divulge, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, that is definitely a, a fact. P- people can can swear all they want. It's it's. I mean, it might have changed, but the other one was yeah. cool. Well, that that was, that was a pretty fun night. But how long ago was that? That was a while ago. Like, was, like fourteen uh, years? No, not that long. No, this would have been for uh, what album is this? Not the, before before Francis. Whatever the one right before. Oh, that. mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. we went. To, yeah, it was just you. I think we went Wait, up there did, in a band tour. Did I tour? play that? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I played that that tiny room, but had a it was balcony. Super tall balcony, exactly. Yeah, like Matt uh, moved over like for. A, uh, I don't Matt remember the name of the album there. either. Uh, Momentary Masters. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that was that was uh, that was the last trip we oh, took together. Shit. We just did a little like, yeah. mini jaunt, and uh, I love Philly. Uh, so what a crazy year for obvious reasons. Um, I, I think what's most bizarre about this year is that it affects this pandemic has affected so many different people in different ways. Um, some people are doing very well, but then you have like the airline industry, you have the restaurant industry and movie theaters. And, but I, I think 
what people don't really talk about a lot is is performers, and you know even here in Manhattan. Sure. You have, you know, Broadway's still dark. No one's, no one's doing plays. There's no live performances. And so for, for someone who makes a living out of, out of live music and making music, you know, you guys got to work with Rick Rubin. You put together this fucking amazing album. You put your heart and soul into it. And then April comes around and you're not able to, to tour or promote. Like, speak to me about the disappointment in that. I mean, how, what was that like? I mean, I don't know if I've uh, registered my disappointment. There was so much happening around, uh, you know, it's not just uh, I feel lucky that when this is when this is done, I'll, I imagine I will be able to tour the record. So uh, it, it, it was hard, though. There's a lot of small clubs that are cool and a lot of cool venues in general that, that uh, are going to take a hit or just you always hear rumors from management like, oh, this might close or that. And you're like, wow, or like a festival might stop ha- stop happening. So it's that part is is just scary because it's. It's hard, and that stuff may or may not come back. You know, that's that's what. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I I, t- I tend to be positive, but I think things will may not come back, but it'll, might come back in a in a in a different way. You know, like things just change. But yeah, I don't know if I've had enough time. I don't absorb the situation, any situation, right away. You know what I mean? Like I I take my time and I I look at it and I examine it, and maybe like three years later, I'll be like, oh yeah, I was feeling this then. I don't, uh, you know. I mean, well, at the very least, it must be a little bit unfulfilling to be able to, or it seems like there's, there hasn't really been like a, an exclamation point on this project that you put together. Sure. It's kind of just in, in sure. limbo. I mean, there's, there's definitely like a, an excitement within the band that's, uh, that, you know, just from a personal standpoint, I wanted to enjoy on the road and with fans and with this new record. So there's definitely that part of it. It's just, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to... I mean, it's so hard to talk about because I'd, I'd want to give feelings, but at the same time, we live in a in a time where like maybe my feelings don't really matter. Yeah, well, <laughs> right I mean, now. it's hard. It's hard. I'm giving you free reign to. I mean, obviously, you got to put everything in perspective. People are dying. People are losing houses and jobs. So you know, yeah. the fact that we're breathing and, and you know. we're healthy. I mean, but nonetheless, like, there's something like I'll, I'll I'll turn this around to me for a second. To you know, I put out a book this year as well. 10 years that I spent on the North Shore during the winter, you know, chronicling this amazing place. I premiered it in December. I had a whole book tour planned. And, you know, it's disappointing for me, too. Like I said, it's in perspective. But, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not disappointed at being able to share something that you've put so much heart and soul into, you know? Sure. No, of course. Of course. I mean, I the good news is I think the the um, all the heart and soul we put into this record and everything it felt like for us I feel like we'll continue once once this is done. You know what I mean? But I yeah. I know what you mean. There's definitely like I mean we were about to do Saturday Night Live a day after the wow. album came out so it was like it just felt like uh you know a hurrah moment. So for sure, there's definitely like um, you know you're bummed, you're bummed out. About I mean, I that. guess it's something that's universal too. I mean, every band, everybody's going through the same thing. So I mean, in theory, there could just be like a pause and then a resumption of everyone promoting this stuff. That I just it just makes me think. As soon as I say it, I think, yeah, but what if it's someone's like first record and that was like they've they've taken all this time to like do that and now like maybe they get lost in the shuffle and so like I. I don't know. I just have a habit of like, as soon as I feel bad, I try to like zoom out a little bit and then maybe, maybe that's how yeah. I comfort myself or just like, I'm like, okay, it's okay. Well, don't get well let too me switch here slightly then. So let me tell me how, how important is, is the touring and the performing process for you in terms of the overall 
scope of, of music. Because you don't strike me as the guy that would be content just holding up in a studio and, and making pet sounds and, and never touring again. I mean, did you miss the, the camaraderie of traveling with the boys and playing in front of people? Was that really important to you? I mean, I, mean, I don't know. If, if you told me that I was going to achieve making pet sounds, I, I might be okay <laughs> with never playing music again. <laughs> you know, being like, well, I did it. Um, yeah, I, I do like you know, back and forth. I, I would compare it to anything like um, a sauna isn't good without the cold plunge. Uh, food isn't good without the opposite texture in there, you know? So it's like studio is amazing, but then the, the bringing it out live and seeing the fans in the immediacy, I think helps you when you go back into the studio to be somewhere new, like touring almost like takes you to a new, a new place, which if you just stayed home, I, I think you'd get to, but in a, in a different way. And what about, do you miss the, just being able to be on the road with, with all the guys for that period of time? It must be kind of a special, a special thing, especially at this point in your career. It's one thing you're not, you guys aren't doing van tours anymore. I'm sure, you know, you would be able to do it comfortably and you've all kind of fractured off and done some of your own side, side projects in the last couple of years. So to be back together, that must've been something you're really exciting about. I, I mean, it's, it's it, for sure. That's what I was saying. I miss the most is just my chance to hang out with everyone. Like I got a little, a little taste of it. We did new new year's at Barclays and we had done some festivals before that. And then in the new year we did the Bernie rally and then, um, went to Europe and we're doing some promo shows and I even got to the West coast. It's like we were following COVID. We went Vancouver, <laughs> Seattle, and then our LA show got, uh, got, got shut down. But yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that I was going to need to hold those memories so dear, but yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was awesome to be, we were in Berlin, Paris, London, and, and Belfast in February. And it was like, so fun to hang out with everyone and like, just be, be doing what we've been doing for 20 years. You had this amazing appetizer and then all of a sudden the meal is not going to be served. It wasn't even an appetizer. It was like an (laughs) (laughs) amuse-bouche. Um, the mighty boosh. You know, one of the things that I, th- I thought was most interesting when I, when I first met you guys that I learned is that, and I think this is correct. So when the strokes first broke, when you guys first came together, none, none of you guys had ever been in a band other than the strokes before. It was all your first band. Is that, that's correct? So, I mean, that must've mm-hmm. had a really profound effect on the chemistry of the band. I mean, is that, you think that's something that really kept you guys together over all these years? I mean, I, I would, I don't know what keeps the band together. I I feel so lucky to be in this band for it to, for us still to be together. Um, there's a, I don't know. There's a sense of being on this amazing roller coaster. The fact that we're still doing it and it still feels like when we first met, you know, there's a, there's a part of you when you meet, when you're that young and you connect like that, that always stays like that. And then the other part that grows, but it's still inside of you. So, so when you're hanging out with everyone, it still comes out. Shared um, experience that you guys all have, yeah. and no one else can really understand. I, I don't even know what the secret would would be. It's just a. If anything, I'm more just amazed to be here. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I can't help me help me think if if this is true. Like, I can't think of a lot of other bands that like every member of the Strokes has either done a solo album or a side project, but then you guys all come back together and record as a band. Like, I don't, I think that's pretty rare. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I only know my universe. So it, it, uh, if I look out, yeah, I guess, I I guess you're right. I, I don't know 
what else to compare it to, but, um, uh, and well, tell yeah. me, what's, what are some of the differences between being a front man, you know, as Albert Hammond Jr. And then being a supporting member of the band. Cause I think what, what, what makes the stroke so special is that all you guys really bring something unique and special to the table and the chemistry together is really what kind of creates the, you know, the sound and the magic. But so you, you step off and you do a solo project and on one hand, you have complete creative control because this is your project now, but then you also don't have the input of those other four characters. How does that affect the process? Yeah, I definitely, and to go back where you started, I definitely feel lucky that I'm surrounded by, you know, every member is so talented in so many ways, you know? So it's like, uh, that's definitely one thing about being in that group. It's just like five very talented individuals or four others. I don't want to like put myself in. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, <laughs> feels there's, weird. There's no, there's no dead weight. You guys all really bring something very important. Uh, I mean, what's different in what happens is I just have like, I have extra stuff. So it allows to, to have a side thing. I think over my time, it grew. It started out as like, I just wanted to use it as to grow as a songwriter, uh, to bring back into the band. And then I ended up on the road and, um, I tried to be in like another band and realized that I was already in a band. So I had to put the weight on, on me and just have it be me. And I kind of like slowly discovered what I wanted to be on stage. And even as I did, it kind of changes. So my, my last record, I felt the most comfortable on stage. And like, I had this dynamic, character but but still i look back and and it wasn't totally right so i don't know i I feel like all that stuff just makes me a a better person when we when we play music again together as a band i mean i've been listening to a lot of john lennon's solo albums the last couple weeks and what struck me is so so strange is it Ringo and George Harrison are featured pretty prominently on a lot of the tracks. It, and so oh, yeah. it always struck me as, as really yeah. bizarre when someone, when a band would break up or when a, a member would leave and do a solo project and then invite his band members to, to be on the album. Did you, have, did you, does that speak to the power dynamics of a band where like now you're in complete control and they can be there, but it's on your terms? Like have, have the boys played on, on your albums before? Cause I know, I know Nick and Fab were on, on Julian's album. I mean, what's that all about? Um, yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd never broke up, so I, it wouldn't be, it would be less weird. I say, I imagine like, yeah, you're like on Ringo's first solo album. It's like all the Beatles wrote yeah. songs on it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I always think that's cool. I mean, you know each other. It's not like, um, I think it's different than maybe performing all together. I mean, does it, does it I don't speak know. to, is there a, 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 you think there's a, a conscious shift in, the dynamics of who's in control when it's your album versus working in a band. I mean, obviously, you know, it's still a collaborative process, but you know, ultimately your name's on the cover instead of, you know, the strokes or the Beatles or whatever it is. Is that, is that a huge difference? I mean, to be, to be honest, I really uh, have always just wanted to be in a band. Like I never like, uh, that's evolved over time to like understand that if I was going to do a side thing, I had to do my own name. I don't know how much I, I, I like some of it in the creating aspect of it. Like when you're recording and coming up with ideas, cause I, at my speed, I can allow a lot, a lot of ideas. Sometimes when you're working with other people, their speed or how they do stuff can like impede you. Sometimes it enhances you. Sometimes it impedes you. And when you're by yourself, you have like 
control of that, but control of it, like your name being there, like that's the least important part to me. If anything, that's the part that I, not only do I care least about, but I wish was in the dynamic of the band. Yeah. I mean, know? do you, and then in terms of the physical performance, do you, do you revel and appreciate the being able to step forward and be the front man when you're playing solo or do you, do you kind of appreciate getting be able it's to not, step back and kind of, I mean, is it, is it a, is it a wholly different experience playing a solo project versus touring with the strokes? Yes. Yes. But that's only because I will play less guitar. And so there's more movement and I just love being active and getting in the crowd and running around the stage. So it's a lot easier to run around the stage and sing a song and do and do you just it's you can do that more than when you're playing guitar so th- there's different parts to it but yes of course it's different um I, once again though i don't like revel in it's not like uh i like the idea of like i always like the idea of a group and being strong strong individuals all there in a group as opposed to like l- look at me yeah exactly i never felt like um that like wanting to be competitive in that way. You know, I want to be competitive within the team. Even when I do my solo stuff, I still, I know it's my name, but I still, people that surround me are, are, are amazing, better than me in, in, in many ways. And so I feel like that, um, helps keep a team, a team yeah, yeah. atmosphere. Um, you know? so I was, I was watching now that this, this will probably date me, but so in the early 2000s, there's <laughs> in the early 2000s there was a there was a television show on VH1, which is already an old timey statement. You know? <laughs> no, what I mean, I I mean I, I guess used to so. watch it I on my 13 inch well. Zenith back in the day, and um, no, but so there was there was a TV show I'm sure you're familiar uh, called Behind the Music. It was super com- super compelling, yeah, of course, but extremely formulaic. Like basically, the formula would go as follows: it would start with a band. And they would chart their career starting with, you know, their humble beginnings and then the struggle, maybe their big break, success. And then there'd always be this middle segment of the downfall and whether that's excess or egos or drugs or just declining sales or hubris or whatever. Um, And then this kind of third act with a resurrection. And, you know, I was thinking they never they never did an episode on the strokes, but it seems like that middle arc would be pretty weak and maybe not even exist. Like, was there a really dark era of the strokes at any point? I mean, I don't know. It's always such a we're such a family. So it feels it feels uh weird to, to to speak about it sometimes when we're not all together or maybe even openly because I don't really like if there was if there wasn't how it was I don't know I don't know if I really I mean it's not towards you but I don't know if I really care to talk about yeah, yeah. it just because it's not it's not like it's nothing like usually you talk about stuff because it'd be positive for some kind of change of or something I, mean, I guess I, what I'm getting at so if it I, you're saying it may if it did happen you guys you guys were pretty you kept it pretty private no I mean I think I think it would be silly to not realize that anything as dynamic as us as a family are going to have ups and downs, whether at our height or when it's lower, you're still going to have ups and downs. Even at your lowest period, you can still have ups. So it's not like uh, that show makes it feel like it's one thing and then it goes to another thing. And, and life isn't like that. It's a consistent up and down on the same frequency. So it's like it's it's hard when you're telling it back in a story it's because it uh yeah it doesn't really make sense it feels like a whole chunk of time was like that uh, i mean we everyone has chunks of times like that and there's like rebirth in discovering yourself and a, a lot of it 
I always feel like the darkness comes from a lack of communication that exists in everyone's life, whether it be a marriage or a band, you know? And it just so happens that ours is, like, talked about in press or, or people come to see it, so, they, so they, they're curious what happens behind the scene. But what happens behind the scene is very much, um, is a lot lighter than people yeah. think it is. You know, it had its darkness, but the but the reality to be together the way we are is is uh, you know our our light is stronger than our. Of course, than I mean, I think any sort of any, like you said, any sort of family, you're going to have their ups and downs, and you're going to have growth, and you're going to have communication, and all these things. But I, I guess the point I'm getting at is that whatever dark-ish era that the Strokes had, like it wasn't it wasn't something that happened in public, like a lot of bands. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if that's luck or it's just the way things happen, or we just I I don't. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, that's um, um, yeah. I don't know. We're just yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to <laughs> no, say. I don't think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not digging for dirt. I'm actually trying to prove the opposite. Is that you know, at the end of the day, you guys are five five guys that that really love and appreciate each other and. There's as much dirt as there. Everyone knows the dirt. It's whatever it is exists in your life is the same that exists in someone else's life. You know, it it might change from the situations and and the people, but there's a lot of similarities in emotion and in connect connections between humans. So it's not like I, you could just imagine just mix that in with an unknown factor that is uh, success. Just just uh, feel it out. You can remember being in high school. And if where you were in the tables of cool yeah. kids and not cool kids and how that feels, if it fluctuates, I mean, they make movies about it. It's like uh, it, I just feel like sometimes they emotions because we're so used to seeing the, the dramatized version of emotions because we have to watch everything compacted. It doesn't really exist sometimes like that in li- life. You know, it's like um, uh, I don't know what I'm getting to. Actually, I've completely <laughs> lost my train. All right, of let thought. Me, well, let, let, Hi. <laughs> I'm Albert. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll take it back. So I have a really funny story, and I don't know if you remember this, but uh, this is probably several years back. You and I were having lunch at the Bowery Hotel at Gemma, and we're sitting outside. It's a, it's a really gorgeous summer afternoon, and this waitress walks by with a fruit salad, like delicious, but nothing spectacular. And you're like, uh, excuse me, can I get one of those? And she stops and looks at you right in the eye and says, I'm sorry that we only make those for celebrities. <laughs> and, and I remember it was like this really awkward moment because I could see you doing the calculations in your head. You're like, is it really fucking worth being that guy to have to like, do you know if I drop your name? And obviously you didn't because you're like a cool, humble dude. But I mean, it struck me, A, so crass and, and tacky that she would say it as explicitly as she did. And it seemed like something that was much more that you would find in LA. And then, and then B, like, I don't think there's many bands that are inextricably linked with New York City as much as The Strokes. Like, no one ever says, oh, The Strokes, where are they from? You know, so to be on the Bowery <laughs> and have and have her not recognize you, it just it seemed very ironic. But, you know, you spend a lot of time in L.A. Um, do, you, do you have any other great stories like that that kind of speak to the, the, the dynamics and politics of fame? And I don't know, man. That has never really worked. I feel like maybe our name is, like, bigger, but it's never really... <laughs> worked for doing things and I, I never felt like like I had that like ability the currency I had, to be able to, to, do, to do that well I, I have had you know you have like uh, I could never do it myself but like girlfriends or friends like if you're trying to get a table at a restaurant maybe maybe it works but it also feels like I don't know it's just not my 
it's not my. Uh, oh, I mean, it was obviously out of character for it's you. Not, to it's have, not. It's not my have thing. You know? I mean, that's the irony of a situation like that. Is it once it's like a losing pro- proposition because like once you are in a position where you have to say, yeah, of course. Do you know who I am?" Like you've already lost. You know, but I mean, it seems yeah. like that the currency of fame and those politics play out a lot more in Los Angeles. Like we only do that for celebrities. That's so just, funny. Like, it was just so forthright the way she said I, you it. You know what a good yeah. response would have been? A good response would have been like, well, how yeah. about hotel guests? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's better, it's better than a celebrity because I'm you're, you're literally paying. helping pay the um, hotel. But do you have, I mean, do you have any like equally awkward stories like that from interactions you've had in LA? I mean, I get, I feel like I have very sweet interactions where like, I feel pretty lucky when it comes to that. Like, um, I mean, sure, you always get the occasional <laughs> person who's aggressive with it but like uh i don't know it's very like nice interactions like people just it never gets old when someone comes up and it just seems genuinely like moved by stuff you did it makes you feel like cool i'm part of that fabric that i grew up also being part of with other people so you know that's like uh that's a dream come true in and of yeah. itself um i'm trying to think of ones i always prefer like a quick chat than like photos and i oh it's you know sometimes people are like they want to do a photo and a selfie i always find it to be kind of funny but because uh, it feels like the do, same thing do to people me. ask for autographs anymore i was thinking about that like are autographs completely obsolete like no one asks for autographs anymore they do selfies right no i'll be sure i think they i think if you if you asked they wouldn't know what to do like which one they wanted because uh, they even get confused with a photo yeah. and a selfie uh but yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like when I have autographed posters and stuff, uh, CDs, but I don't, or records, I don't, uh, I don't know. Cause I don't like, it's not like I like save it in my head and be like, oh, I've got, t-, you know, I've been asked yeah. for 10 and normally it's 20, you know, like, uh, I, it just seems like the go-to, I, I, I mean, know. that was the go-to 10 years ago. I mean, to prove that you had this interaction and then, and now the proof is, I mean, we had an awesome, I don't know why. It was always Houston, but we would play this venue in Houston. I think we went three times, early 2000, like 2002, four, and like six. This is awesome 2,500 or 3,500 cap room, really great. And the bus is parked outside, and there was always like this giant line. And we're talking like maybe two or three hours to finish it to get back on the bus. And I just remember sitting there, and there's a lot of photos, if you go on Instagram now, of like, like one where I had a, a bra on and I was trying to remember it. And it was because the line was so long and people were like handing you stuff. And so you ended up just like, I don't know, it was so silly. You were there for three hours. You know what I mean? It, it was like, all, who would do it? All five uh, of you guys or just who would do it? Yeah, yeah, all of us. All of us, yeah. We would at different yeah. times kind of teasing each other. If the last person, you'd be like, what What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, it's just it's just kind of just, you know, all all um, all playful. Have you, you've spent a lot of time in New York in the last couple of months. Or you've been mostly out of town. I was uh, no, I was just there. I just went uh, to my house upstate and uh, I was just in the city. So My son week. just started school. So I've been spending a lot of time up in the East Village and uh, I haven't I'm on the Lower East Side. You know, it's a very close proximity, but it's a it's a different neighborhood. And uh, wow, it really East Village is looking very strange these days. <laughs> I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't been in so long. I think the last time I was there was when we were rehearsing for the Bernie thing. I guess that's not so long. It's last year. <laughs> oh, a lot's changed. <laughs> it's not. It's not even last year. It's God, this it's year. T- time doesn't warp. it feel like it's been like? Oh man, I know time is very confusing right now because 2018 to me feels like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. Even like I remember I had uh, like a 
a mini little book party in the West Village. And I remember it was a leap leap year, I think, this year. So it was February 29th. So it was, oh, yeah. it was February 29th. Yeah, yeah. I remember the date. And um, a do- there's a, a friend of mine who's like a, a, a surgeon and him or he showed up straight from work and he was wearing his scrubs. And, and, you know, I went to shake his hand and he was like, whoa. And like, it seemed so bizarre at the time. I was like, whoa, we're not shaking hands. And I was like, I mean, this is two weeks, three weeks. Oh, he wasn't, he wasn't shaking hands because, you know, he was a doctor and he, he kind of, he saw the writing on the wall, but, um, but this oh, is wow. you know, literally two weeks before the world stopped, you know, and it just seemed people had no idea just, and that, that, that change in perspective yeah. seems so amazing. You know, yeah. Time is very strange this year. It's so funny. I was going to ask you because you were saying you you had your book come out. I remember getting the email. I'm pretty sure I emailed you like, oh, shit, I'm in Europe. Or maybe I was back in the West Coast by then. But uh, I started surfing in May. Amazing. So how did that come about? Well, to learn. Yeah. Um, I did this uh, short artsy film. Like it was like a one shot zoom in film. And the woman who played my wife in the movie lives in Malibu. And she was like, you know, we, we ended up becoming like really, really close friends. And she's telling me surfing. And I was like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to learn. And I started going out. And uh, yeah, just it's was a, an amazing thing. It's very it was very healing for my body. It was almost like I was I'm supposed to be in the water more. <laughs> well, it always strikes me is is really interesting when people that are fairly successful um, decide to take up surfing, especially kind of later in life, because the learning curve is really difficult, as I'm sure you've learned. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it must be really strange to go from a perspective, like, let's say you're performing, you're, you've kind of, you've created this world when you're on stage that is like completely, you're essentially in control of, and all of the audience members are willing participants. And, and it's like a very specific dynamic. And to take yourself out of that and go into a setting where you have zero control and you're at the mercy of, of the waves and of nature. I mean, did you find that not just humbling, but is it, is it intimidating or do you find it refreshing? I mean, definitely refreshing. I, I, I seek it out. I've been doing since about like 30 years old, I started like looking into hobbies and realizing that as much as I loved music, I needed to like give space to a lot of things in my life to allow myself to be like richer as a human. And in fact, I would be better at music if I did that. And so at first it was like that, like what you were saying, it's, it's kind of annoying because you're starting from scratch again and you do, you love something, but you're no good at it. <laughs> and like, you have to like, you want to be good at yeah. it. And, but you start to realize everything, the, you know, the window of getting really good, is just, it's kind of like a rhythm and it becomes this small pocket and it's everything from when I was riding motorcycles to when I was surfing, like, and the faster you want to go or the bigger the waves, the smaller the pocket gets. And it's just like playing, playing, uh, guitar and the rhythm of, of like uniting your hands or as a band. And so it all, you start to realize everything in life has a very similar, uh, rhythm to it. You're just learning a new way to see it. And, and that keeps everything so fresh and also allows you to come back with better understanding for what you're doing because of the similarities, but at the same time, such an open mind because it's different. It's not the same thing, you know? I mean, I, I think that's what's interesting about surfing because the learning curve is so difficult. I always love when people go, oh, I thought I'd, I'm going to try surfing. And be like, that's like saying like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go try karate. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a lifelong pursuit. It's very difficult. But because of that, oh, for sure. there, there's all these 
there's always a level of, 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 of incremental achievement, you know, whether it's the first time you stand up or the first time you ride a wave of a certain height or cut back or whatever. So there's always these achievements, you know, as opposed to, you know, when you're, when you're performing, you know, how do you, how do you keep it as fresh like that? I mean, do you, do you, do you find that there's like a conflict between when you're on stage, like, oh, I'm just, I, I'm, I've done this song a thousand times and, and it's really like, there's a sense of sameness as opposed to surfing where it's like, it's always yes, different. But- but if you look at anything in life like that, you're going to be jaded. And that's the trick with getting older is everything in life you start to notice if you want to is a repetition. And man, I got to get up again. I got to wash the plates again. I got to feed myself again. And so if you don't find either rituals in that or you don't find you don't get curious at at how you can make things different or also set uh you could play something a million times and be bored by it or figure out little new things you can do with it or ways you can get into, uh, you know, when you play something a million times, so there's that drawback of man, that's boring. But there's also because your body can be so relaxed doing it, you can get into like a, a Zen like state because you're like, can pull back out of your body. And all of a sudden you're on stage, you're seeing all these people you're playing. You're not even thinking about it. It doesn't, you don't even know what you're doing. And so you've just turned a song that you might be boring for you to play because you've played it a million times and it's like there isn't that edge and you've created a high from it. So I, I don't, I don't know if I can look at life like, like that in anything. Cause I, I don't, I wouldn't enjoy anything. <laughs> so you're saying, so when you're playing that, you know, your solo from, from last night, from last night, you're playing that, like you've played that so many times that it's almost the muscle memory takes you from A to B and you can actually like experience it and have new, new input that you wouldn't be able to if you're really focused on the frets? Sure. I'm just saying you can look at it and be like, oh man, here we go playing this song, you know, and, and like look at it and just like be upset you have to play it. Or you can look at it and take that moment that you know it so well to actually really be in the moment in something so ridiculously crazy of playing music in front of people that you've been doing for so long and they're singing along to you. Like if that, if you're too jaded to like have that hit your heart and your soul, then, you know, you have bigger problems than, than, than that. I mean that, that if you really feel those moments, it's insane. It's a group of people all in the same moment. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's not to be, it's not to be thrown away because you find the significance to be repetitive. And let me ask you this, is that, is that perspective, is that something that, comes from an, an evolved Albert, or is that something that you've always had since this band? Like, did you feel that way when you were 20, when you were having a tour? Definitely, definitely not. I mean, I def, I, I think when you're younger, you're running on different information, but n- no, I definitely did not think that when I was younger, th- nor do I think I, I could have or, or, sh- or should have. I think that's something I realized that I had to learn to make anything in life enjoyable for myself because I imagine if I made it till I was older I wouldn't see you know it's like the myth of Sisyphus having to we're basically rolling up the rock every day so that it rolls back down to roll it back up once you discover that I think that you can create a lot of uh, a lot of things around it it's like the idea that uh you know, you pull back enough out of this world and you realize that it's everything is kind of meaningless or so small and insignificant but that's so cool because it allows for yeah, you can create your own meaning. I mean, you can change. You don't have to be stuck in any pattern. Like everything is like there for you. So like this creates a freedom in in knowing that. And I just thought that was important. I just felt like if I didn't practice that, 
that as I got older, I would just become a jaded asshole. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I want to be that. I want to be, I don't want to have kids or look at a younger generation to be a jaded asshole. <laughs> and so do you think, you think surfing helped you move that needle forward? I think all those things do for sure. I mean, being, being there, it's probably the only thing I've done that connects me in a physical way with nature. I, I felt it when I lived upstate, which I really liked. You started to understand the cycles of nature. And then when you're in the ocean, all waves are different. Uh, when, you know, just like, I don't know, every, everything, everything about, I took my, I'm goofy footed. I took my first left and I'm not like, I'm not like uh, by any means, like, you know, I still have my pink foam board, not mine's just pink. I don't know why I said that as though like <laughs> beginners don't use pink boards. Like all beginners must be on pink. Yeah, boards. It's like a pink belt and you work your way up to a, to a, a white board yeah. with stickers. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, but like I took my first left and I was looking at, at the mountain in Malibu off, off uh, L- little doom. And I, I was just like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Holy shit. I just, everything stopped and made sense. And I was like, this force was pushing me. It was, uh, it's pretty, it's magical. It's transcendent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing is like how you describe magic. Do you want to? Cause it's really like you just, you experience it and it's, fulfills you and I don't think it needs to be figured out how to put into words so that someone else doesn't have to do it I think it was the act of you know you're nervous to go out you don't know what's going on you go out you miss waves you can't stand up you fall over a wave comes you go underneath you don't know what's happening you go back and forth all these emotions finally one day you stand up right you go left and all of a sudden like everything aligns and you're like I get it yeah (laughs) You know, but that only happens because of all the stuff you went through to get there. But I think, I mean, what, I think what's special about surfing is that from even if, as difficult as it is and as long as it takes to get good or decent at it, it's fun from the first moment. And I think that's different than a lot of things. And I know, I know a lot of surfers, like from beginners to pros and the people who, most of the people who have the most fun tend to be more beginners because the better you get, you like, you start to like parse the, oh, it's the winds on it. Oh, the tide's 180 <laughs> degrees swell. It should be real 160, you know, like, and so, yeah. and that's, what's so special about it is you see people who take, take a, a surfboard out for the first time and they get tumbled in the whitewash and like, maybe they kind of stand up with like this, you know, funny yeah. butt stance and they get out of the water and they're just fucking glowing, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. That's what, that's what happened to my, to my wife. She, she just came out to like visit me. Uh, someone brought her out and my surf coach was there and he was like, no, you're riding. And he just pushed her on a wave and she, and like, she stood up and like, I'm pretty sure she's still glowing from it because she didn't even think that she would even get in the water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Her, the water is still very intimidating for her. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's an incredible thing. I want to go to that. Have you been to uh, Kelly Slater's uh, surf park? I have not. However... Tomorrow night, I got a VIP invite from a friend of mine to go to, there's a water park in New Jersey at the Meadowlands that's just about to really? open up. Um, and I'm going to go tomorrow night, actually. <laughs> Dude, you got to send me, you got to send me, uh, you got to send me a picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. like, I'm actually a little, I'm nervous. I don't know why. I just like, it's very, uh, it's, uh, and, and we have a, we have a two hour time slot. We have to be there at 9 PM, which is even more just what a, you know, a bizarre Dude, experience. if you weren't, if you weren't nervous there would be, it would, nothing would be fun. Like, you know, like everyone asks, like, do you still get nervous to go on stage? And it's like, is it the same nerves from when I've never played a show? No. But is it, is it still like 
a rush in my belly. And like part of me is like, what's going to happen? Always. Always. Yeah. I mean, I think this, you know, nervousness and, and, and excitement and elation are all kind of cut from the same cloth, just different effects. For you know. sure. For sure. For sure. Like definitely like the beginning. It's like the same. You, you can tell when you're on tour because you can be tired and then you're about to go on stage and all of a sudden you have all the energy in the world. <laughs> That's not coming from just being calm about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I imagine, so having having this opportunity to, to tour this year kind of stripped from you at the last minute, has it has it brought up any kind of memories or or reconciliations of moments that you didn't really appreciate that you that you look back on now and be like, wow, that's that was really one of the most special times of my life. Yeah, I I uh, I think all all those things are. That's maybe the best time to reflect about those things. Is like, oh, I I took things that. I thought were simple for granted and they were very powerful to me. And uh, I should try to remember that. I, I think it's okay that you won't remember it all the time, but I think it's uh, important to to know that you can easily forget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? I think that's, it's, I think we're blessed both of us in a way because, you know, what we love to do is, is, is documented, like your albums are going to live forever. And, you know, some of my career highlights, um, I'll have pictures of forever. And then in, in many ways, like, you know, you're up, you're on, you're on that list as well. I mean, getting to go to Mexico city and see 19,000 fans and be on stage and get to be a part of that and document it like that. I mean, that's, that was really special for me, you know? So, you know, thanks for that. That was, and I appreciated that even no, at the time, are, you know? <laughs> no, those are, I always, I love that. I loved having, when, when you came out, I, I love, in general, having um, someone document being on the road because it is such a, it all happens so fast. And I don't think you fully enjoy it till you see like a photo of it and you re reminds you. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I think know? there's, there's certain bands and even like, you know, tension with, within the strokes. I mean, you are always very welcoming and I could tell from the get you appreciated that documentation. Some of the other guys, not as much, but you know, it wasn't, I mean, ultimately it's, I like the photos and I was taking it for me, but it's not a wholly selfish endeavor. I mean, I really do have the perspective and I've noticed this a lot of different bands that I've shot, like as the years go by, like they really do appreciate having that document of those moments and you may not appreciate it at the time. Of course. Um, and I see that and the same thing with my surf project too. And, and that was, was so interesting. I was like, so I went back to the North shore, had this 10 year yearbook of all these amazing athletes and I thought that I would go to these team houses and show them to the pros and, and just be lauded and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And they were like, Oh, that's cool. Whatever. You know? And, but it's like, I got great feedback from people who didn't have access to those houses. And I realized that that's really what the book was about. But I, I, I know in my heart that 10, 15 years in the future, like I'm going to be very proud. And I think they're going to be very appreciative that those moments were documented, you know? And I feel the same way with, with, the, sure. with you guys. I feel so lucky to have gotten to be there, you know? I, I I see the little bits when I Justina, my wife is an is an amazing. She takes amazing photos and she she comes in the road and does lights with me on my solo projects. But then also takes photos of me and helps keep up like my social media. And we get into so many like not real arguments, but like funny arguments because it's it's annoying sometimes to be camera because you're become very self conscious and sometimes you're just like I need a minute to just be fucking ugly as <laughs> yeah. like, like not not try to focus on like or like you see yourself and you're like ah oh, fuck this is terrible i'm like because we all have angles where we can cheat stuff so um you know but it's that balance and then and then as time goes by 
I'm like, oh man, thank God she took that photo. It was so great to have that. I would complain the whole way and I'm so happy that I have it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I always really took, you know, I took my role really, really seriously. I'm like, I thought it was my role to not, not lie and only show the best, but to really, you know, tell a, a flattering story. Like I was, I just have always despised photographers who are like, you know, hiding in the bushes, trying to take salacious photos. No, you know, like, no the thing is, it's a, a real story. Is can still be f- flattering. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, I think that gets lost. The subtlety gets, gets, gets lost. You know, I, I think it'd be silly to take photos of someone like at like a, I don't know, just not, you, you could even get a low moment, but still have it. I don't know. Maybe that how it looks or the shape of it or the frame of it is so good that it, it's such a good photo. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I've seen photos where I don't like myself, but the photo is just so good. It doesn't, who cares? <laughs> you know, and likewise, I have some photos of you and, you know, some pretty, some kind of dark times, but it tells, it tells a story, you know, and it's not, the purpose of the picture is not just to, to make you look horrible, it's to tell the story. Oh man, you have a great photo of me at uh, opening for Incubus at Hammerstein, right? From, from the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a cool shot. I love that like, shot. Like the whole empty. With the big front. People always, miss, they, people always ask if that's Dylan. That's really funny because <laughs> of the hair. Um, yeah, I love that shot. Do you do you tell them and you're like, how old do you fucking think I am? <laughs> it was a young I think I took that at Monterey Pop, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a... <laughs> Um So tell me, um, where have you gotten a chance to surf? Mostly just in Malibu? Have you surfed out you gone out east at all? Uh no, I haven't been surfing out east. But I, I did um um 'cause I know you you did this with with Andrew and um I texted him when I was surfing too, because I remember when he was surfing a bunch like when I first met him and he was going to Hawaii and he sent me a picture of the waves in New York and they looked amazing. Here, look. It's a rad little community out there too. Is there a bunch of people living there who surf? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> really? And that's what's so cool. Um, like this time of year, like basically post Labor Day, it completely empties out, you know? And, you know, I've had, a, I have a bungalow that I've had for about 15 years out there, like pre Sandy. And it used to be like, it was bleak. Like you're lucky if you could get some Chinese food and like a beer, you know, and now there's wine bars and like gourmet that, you know, like in the summertime, there's a lot of cool shit, but that basically ends Labor Day essentially. And all the kind of white noise from the city leaves. And it's like the same 75 people that, you know, that live there full time, the surf. And it's, it's a great scene, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. She, I know. I, I really gotta, I really gotta go, go next time. Next time I'm out there, I got to get a little better and then go. You know, it's fun. It, Rockaway is a really hard place to learn. Cause it's just, it's always, it's always different. You know, it's not someplace like, you know, like a Rincon or a Malibu. It's like, as long as there's waves, it's pretty predictable. And Rockaway is just all over the place. So it's, it's, you see these people that, that, uh, you know, go to Costa Rica for a week. And then they're like, they, they, they take these like soft tops on these like little soft peelers and they're like, Oh, I know how to surf. And then they just get worked in Rockaway. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so, yeah. Well, well, cool, man. Well, the one thing I always like to do on this podcast is, is, is give people an opportunity to, to plug something that they've been inspired by, whether it's like a book or a TV show or an artist. And, you know, me personally, like I'm in dire need for a new favorite album right now. Like, is there anything that you want to give some shine to that you feel like kind of fell through the cracks? I can kind of give, uh, maybe I'll give TV book and album oh nice a, a, a um, trifecta yeah well i'm just thinking i i i haven't s- well maybe that's bad because i haven't started it but i just loved his other books so much so i just feel like i know it's going to be good and it is is this one right here 
Okay, tell, tell the title and tell me what it's about. Oh, Kafka on the Shore. I don't know what it's about, but literally all his books, I don't know. This the I played uh, this guy, Darren, who played drums with me um, in my solo project. He told me I should... I should read one like a while ago and I read it and I was, I was just like, I forget what, which one it was. It's a, it's one of his famous ones, but, um, it was, it was so good. And so I've just kind of been getting them and not, not knowing. And I feel like, I feel like it's that good. You should just get it and not know it's probably better. Yeah. Um, and then the TV show is, that's been like, is, uh, on Apple, Apple plus is uh, Ted Lasso. They just finished it. So just good. like, like I just want to so like, good. I just, I laugh, I get teary-eyed, I get moved in so many directions, it's like, I never want it to stop. It's like, I wish each episode was like three hours. It's like... The, the um, curiosity speech when he's playing darts, this is a great scene. Oh my God. I know, but like, you know, it's like, it was funny before that, and then there it was like, it was so rich with like real human emotion in a in that kind of TV setting was... It's rare. It's a rare thing to to really experience. The only last time I experienced something like that was like the the UK office. So there's that, and then an album. Is there a new album? Let me see. Got to go to my Spotify album. Huh? You say album? I mean, I'm, I'm just, so I bad. Just wanna, I'm, I'm I really I'm I'm yearning for a new favorite band, a new favorite album, like something that I haven't discovered. I mean, you know? I look. I I recently discovered uh, News at Ten by the Vapors. Okay, and it's an older band, but I was just like. I hadn't heard this, and I was like, "This is incredible!" And I get stuck. Uh, also, like, I know the Buzzcocks, but I didn't know I hadn't heard or fully understood why can't I touch it? And it was just like that was been really amazing to me. So it's so hard to like find sometimes new, new, new stuff. Uh, I, I, I did. I was, um, I. Oh, this feels weird to to say a song that I I worked. I tell about the stretch. Uh, no, oh. no, no. I mean that. Yeah, that was that was really cool too. No, but on October sixteenth, um, Omar Apollo is releasing a an album, and I, uh, I I got to play on one of one of the songs, and I, I just thought uh, I remember when he sent me the demo. I just thought it was such a cool song, and I didn't know him at at the time, and it was just uh, yeah, I got into his stuff. He's a really amazing performer and a musician. It was pretty awesome. That's a perfect plug because we, we want stuff that people may not necessarily know about, but you know, you can use your platform. It wasn't, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And then like, I really liked it and then got the chance to work on a song, which was, I thought was a really incredible song. Uh, it's called useless on his new album. Uh, and then, um, and then I saw him perform. I, I think YouTube listens to me on my phone because it, it sent me a link to, uh, to him performing with like, this like a uh, Spanish song and it was, it was so cool and different. Um, yeah. So it was just, I don't know. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll leave it on that, man. Um, I would love to check that out. Everybody should go and, you know, heed your advice, go read that book, check out Ted Lasso and tell me one more time. What was the last one? The Omar. Oh, Omar Apollo. It's uh, comes out October 16th. It's called useless. Albert, always a pleasure, man. Um, I wish you all the best. Same. Hopefully our paths will cross cross soon in person and uh i'm looking forward to to whatever you got coming up because i'm a, yeah, I'm a big in, fan in person sounds better yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks all man. right take care it's a pleasure bye cheers this episode of the plug was produced by bucci with audio engineering and original music by peter buckingham thanks for listening and a huge thanks to today's guests for dropping in if you like this episode hit subscribe and be sure to tune in for future conversations